Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Good morning. Good morning, Grinders. Wake up. It's Saturday. It's a beautiful Saturday here, July 22nd. We have some good baseball coming up. Nice MLB slate. I'm Josh Sir Giant, as always, with my co-host, Travis, Mr. Chalk, the man-goat, man-gone. Travis, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? Uh, just, uh, you know, trying to get through baseball. Uh, and, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just looking at the slate right now, and it's Chris Tillman versus the Astros. Like, Gosh, I just want the Astros to not be on a slate. I feel like they just do. They put up runs every single slate. So that's my first look at it, man. I'm just, uh, just it's baseball, man. We're in the grind of the uh, July season, man. Yeah, the dog days of the summer, man. This is the the real grind out time. This is when you really uh, start to remember that baseball is a marathon. You know, base, baseball uh, DFS seasons like it's always a marathon, definitely not a sprint. Um, and I think a lot of us are already kind of looking forward to, to football and uh, to basketball right around the corner. But we still have some good baseball left, so should take advantage of some of the good tournaments and all that. Uh, I think that this, this could be a fun slate. We've got a nice, big, healthy slate, too, for a Saturday, which is nice. You know, it's not a split-up slate where we have, like, you know, a half early, half late. We have a nice, healthy later slate um, at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time at Locks, which is... Uh, you know, pretty solid for a Saturday. You have some time to, to wake up a little late, you know, after you went out, you know, have some coffee, do some research, and uh, everything should be good. So, but yeah, 13 games today, you know, locking at 7.05, like I said. Um, so we, we should be able to have some fun with this. Uh, before we get into the analysis, give us both a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at Real Joshua Giant. That's at Real Joshua Giant. You can follow Travis at Travis Mangone. That's at Travis M A N G O N E. So, yeah, uh, you know, before we hop into the baseball, Travis, uh, you've been doing a lot of WNBA stuff. How's that been going? Uh, good, yeah, it hasn't been too bad. It's the All-Star break, so that's good. But the, I, Tuesday's going to be massive, man. Like, uh, actually, let me look it up now. It's actually pretty interesting. There are six games on NA. It's a 15 k to first, $6. That's the FanDuel one. And it's six games, so that'll be cool. Actually, no, they only made it a five-game slate because I guess they took the early game slate off. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty fun, pretty good, and uh, just been enjoying it. But I'm excited for preseason, man. It's right around the corner for NFL, and uh, that's when we really start diving into all that and just uh, I can't wait for NFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just side note, definitely check out all of Travis's WNBA stuff. He's a staff writer here at Roto-Grinders, puts up some great content to help you have an edge in that game. But, yeah, preseason NFL, as you mentioned, are you going to be doing any content for that, Travis? Uh, possibly. We'll see. Uh, there, it's possible. So I, I, I don't know for sure, but it's possible I'll be doing some stuff, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check out the, uh, you know, check that out. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm just pumped for a preseason, man. Cause the, I hope I'm hoping FanDuel somehow does it. They, they still have not gotten their toes wet with preseason, but DraftKings has. So if we get two avenues to do it though, man, that would be absolutely awesome. But I'm just super excited for NFL, you know, I've been doing like the best ball drafts and stuff and just, just, uh, it's just it's fun to be start to talk to be talking NFL. Yeah, and you know, but, you know, football like it just always seems to come and go real quick. So you really got to enjoy it when it comes around. And get really excited and um, enjoy. It. It's really such a unique sport, and it's always it's it's kind of fun. I think most of us that play DFS started at, at some point in a fantasy football league, like a season long fantasy football league. I know that's how I started. So uh, it's really cool. You know, well, you know, I kind of stumbled when I stumbled into DFS. It was uh, through football. So I started my first DFS. Uh, experience through playing NFL uh, NFL DFS, so that's a lot of fun for me. Always has a special spot in my heart for bringing me to DFS. So, and that was back uh, that was back in like 2011, man. So it was a whole different era back then. But yeah, so uh, definitely definitely looking for that. I, I believe our, our very own Seth Yates handles the the preseason NFL. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, Seth handles that. Yeah, he's a very guy, very smart guy. Always 
enjoy reading his content and uh, and the stuff that he does. So definitely give that all a look. And, and uh, if you guys haven't played NFL yet, uh, I suggest that you start reading some strategy pieces now. We have some good, uh, solid NFL content over in the Roto Academy section of Roto Grinders. If you go there, some great minds put together some great stuff. Uh, that will give you definitely give you an edge, or at least you know help you understand and sharpen up your DFS game before football season. Even if it's not your first season, even if you played a couple and you felt like you know you struggled, or or even if you did well, it's good to sharpen up your skills. So definitely check out all the content at the Roto Academy over there, Roto Academy section of Roto Grinders, and uh, and check out the content there for NFL since we're going into NFL season. But with that, I think uh, we should we should get uh, into this slate now, this beautiful Saturday thirteen game MLB slate. Uh, we're going to start with the pitching here, uh, and there's a lot of them because, you know, it's such a big slate. So it's going to come down to like, you know, like we said last time that we had a big slate and we covered it here on the podcast was uh, just the process of elimination. You know, you just want to eliminate guys off your radar, try to find a, a core of guys that you really want to focus on. Um, and I think that there's a good amount of guys here that we could pass on, that we could agree to pass on. So, um, Travis, how about uh, how about we, we get rid of a few guys first? Um like I, I think that uh, I think it's safe to say that we are not going to be looking at uh, German Marquez uh, at Coors Field or Chad Cool. So we'll get rid of the Coors Field pitchers. Do you agree with that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. We can get rid of them. All right, we can get rid of Anthony Banda, um, which is in uh, Chase Field over there for the D-backs. I think that he's not going to be on my radar here. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Anthony said Anthony Banda. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know who was starting because I was looking earlier. And right now, it. right now it's Anthony Banda, but usually I tend to stay away even when the roof is closed he, like, or open. Like yeah, I know. I, I I saw an earlier Fandle. It was Godly, and I didn't know. I was looking at other places, and it was messed up. But yeah, Anthony Banda, I will pass on. He is not someone I'll be. Playing. On the flip side, that's Tanner Rourke against the D-backs, and I think that we could stay away <laughs> on this slate too. I think there's better options. Would you agree with that? Yeah. All right, we can stay away from Pelfrey. Not a guy that we'd normally play. So no, not gonna play him. Robert Stevenson, um, in Cincinnati. Nope. Chris O'Grady. Nope. No. No, um, yeah, not gonna play O'Grady. Does that right. ballpark? Nope. Not gonna play Kyle Gibson or Zimmerman. So nope. we'll get rid of those pitchers. Get rid of Kashner. Yeah, get rid of Kashner too. I don't care if it's the Rays in a good park. Yeah, that's a terrible um, idea. Yeah, you know, get rid of Brent Suter or Sutter. Um, yeah, I wouldn't play Suter either. I don't think I'd be playing Hellickson on the flip side of that game. Uh, yeah, that's tough to play him. Uh, tough to play him tomorrow. I, 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 nah, I'm not gonna talk myself into it. Yeah. All right. So we knocked a bunch of guys off the list. So now let's uh, let's get to the guys that we really want to focus on. Uh, you know, I think that we should stop at the, start at the top of the list here. Um, one thing that immediately pops off the page to me here when I'm looking at these slates and looking at the site differences and the pricing, the most expensive pitcher on DraftKings is David Price. He's 12.3 on the slate. Uh, you know he's going against the Angels, like you know, and I get that's not a, a terrible matchup, but it's not a you know a great matchup for him either. You know the Angels don't strike out a ton. Um, I know that uh, you know he's kind of found his form and he's throwing well again, but it's still you know it's still not the vintage David Price, and he hasn't put up enough uh, a solid string yet, like uh, enough of a sample size for me to feel comfortable paying that kind of price for him. So um, even with the ballpark upgrade in LA, it's just going to be tough for me to pay that kind of price for him over on uh, DraftKings. Now, the the strikeout rate for the Angels is 19% against lefties. ISO is 174, 306. So not, like, terrible numbers, but uh, David Price's strikeout rate just, you know, is kind of floundering around that 20, you know, 20% mark. So um, I don't know if, if uh, this is the spot. I think that I'll pass on David Price on DraftKings at 12.3. On Fandle, though, he's 9.6, which, you know, you can make more of a conversation for tournaments just because of that park upgrade. But... Uh, but I think that I'll have better options here than, than Price. How do you feel about David Price here, Travis? Yeah, uh, cross him off the list on DraftKings, and then on FanDuel I'll play him. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of how I'll do it. It's pretty simple for me. But I'm not going to go crazy with him on FanDuel, I don't think. Uh, for me, it's pretty obvious. Like, I think I'm just going Chris Archer. Uh, I think he's the guy to play. Um, debating if I'm going to play cash games. I'm kind of going to be out a little bit tomorrow, so I can't decide if I want to play cash or not. But, uh I'll say this, like, uh, Archer's got, you know, good umpire. He's in just such a great spot against Texas. Like, uh, it's in, it's it's at home, and we know he's got them home, home road splits. And Archer's a guy that he's given up some wonky hard contact this year. But uh, he, you know, he gets a team like the, like, uh, the, uh, the Rangers who are striking out a ton, uh, they're striking out 24.2% this year. Uh, and they get Archer who against righties is 28.4 K percentage and gets lefties 29.2 K percentage. Like, I mean, this is just a great spot for him. I, 
this just feels like a day where I might just, you know, lock lock button Archer and move on. Uh, again, obviously the bats matter, right? So uh, I, I can't for sure do that. But uh, he's a guy that's my number one for sure. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of Chris Archer, especially on this late. Now, what's, what's helpful here for us, I think, is that people, uh, you know, I feel like the general public tends to stay away from playing uh, pitchers against the Rangers this season just because the Rangers have had so many good matchups at home, which is such a good hitting environment that, you know, they're used to targeting those Texas bats, but they've kind of been slumping a little bit, you know, especially in matchups where they should have done well. And now Archer gets this beautiful park upgrade, upgrade throwing at home at Tropicana, which we know is a, a great one of the best pitching environments in baseball. And he has a, a nice, like, home split, you know, nice positive home split. It's uh, a five uh, a plus five DraftKings split at home for him, so DraftKings point split. So definitely something that uh, that's going to work in his favor is the fact that he's throwing at home against this Texas team. And as you mentioned, they do strike out a good amount. So I really do like Archer a lot on the slate, and I feel like it's, you know, with this massive strikeout upside and that park upgrade at home going against a Texas team that strikes out against right, it just, it just feels right. Um, on Fanduel, you're gonna have to pay up for him. You know he's the most expensive pitcher. He's 10.3, but even at 10.3, I feel like you can make it work. But on uh, on DraftKings for 11.1, you know he's the third most expensive pitcher there. They have Hill and Price, uh, you know, more expensive than him over there. So I think Archer for me is gonna be the top the top play for sure. And, and Vegas agrees. Vegas has the Rangers with an implied run total of 3.5. So uh, it looks like you know they have faith in Archer throwing a good game too. So uh, I think that this this is this is the spot that we want to go on this slate is, is locking in Archer as the top option um, here for this slate. So that that's that's where I'll be looking. And his fly balls are you know the main concern, but uh, you know when he's at home in uh, Tropicana. Like, we don't have to worry too much about those fly balls because it's a pitcher's park. So, with that, we will move on from Chris Archer and look at other options here. Uh, another guy that's priced up here is uh, Rich Hill, third most expensive pitcher on FanDuel at 9.2K. And on DraftKings, uh, they have Rich Hill as the second most expensive, second most expensive pitcher at 11.7K. And, uh, I don't think I'm in love with Rich Hill here. I don't think I want to pay this kind of price for him, especially when I could just go Archer for cheaper on DraftKings. And, um, you know, I'd rather find the money to spend up on Archer on FanDuel. But uh, he's the guy that, you know, he's been throwing well as of late. And uh, Atlanta, um, you know, they just don't have that high of a strikeout uh, rate against lefties. It's a 20.5%. So I just I don't know if this is, like, you know, the best spot to target Hill. Like this is the best slate to like you know Target Hill. I know that it's it's a good park, Dodger Stadium, and all that, but uh, I'd rather go Archer. How about you, Travis? Yeah, I, it's probably Archer for me. Man, Atlanta's been like they smashed Alex Wood yesterday. Maybe that gets people off of Hill, which could make him interesting. Uh, but it, the problem with Atlanta is like it's a matchup where the K's aren't really there, right? That's my big concern. Uh, so that's where I worry. I mean, against lefties though, 20.5 K percentage. So that, that there's a conversation there, but man, like Atlanta just hitting the ball real well. I think he's an interesting turn option maybe to get a sprinkle of, but I don't know for me, I'm just, I'm really looking at Archer as being my guy, uh, on, on one pitcher sites. Again, I don't know if I'll definitely be playing Archer in tournament. Like I'll have him, but exposure, but if I want to get those bats in, it's going to be hard on one pitcher sites on two pitcher sites. It's a little easier because I can just pay down. So I'm able to get him in. But, uh, yeah, I think if I'm going to rank these guys for me, it's going to be like Archer, then Hill, then David price. How about you, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that Hill or price are going to be, too high up there on my they might not even be in the top three for me um yeah no agree you know. but if i'm ranking the tier right that's mm -hmm. what i'm saying like and i think the way i would do it is on DraftKings would be archer hill then price and then fandle would be archer price then hill but actually maybe, maybe it still would be hill um yeah i'm just gonna stick with archer hill price if i had to rank them that's what i would do but archer's like clearly above them for me yeah it's like it's like a big step ahead for archer and then you have price and hill so basically if you're gonna pay up for pitcher you want to pay for archer that's like for sure where we're both going to stand here. Uh, but that knocks us down to you here, and there's a guy here that I'm looking at, and he's a guy that I've pinned pretty well this season, picked good spots to play him, and I feel like this is another good spot that might get overlooked. We have Tanaka. Now, I know that Tanaka has his struggles this season, and you know people uh, tend to stay away from him in DFS uh, you know, just because of his volatility, but the strikeout upside is there. You know, The guy, the guy has a solid 24% strikeout rate, and he's going against the Seattle team. Strikeout rate, 25.2% to righties so they, they do strike out a good amount 
and you know T- Tanaka, you know, has been solid as of late, and I think that continues here. And he gets the park upgrade too, throwing a Safeco. So, um, you know, in a pitcher's park for for uh, Tanaka here against a team that um, you know that strikes out a ton against Rays and home runs have been you know an issue that Tanaka had, and you know that issue is not really a, that much of a concern in Seattle. You know, with this pitcher's uh, park upgrade for him, so I think that Tanaka is definitely part of the conversation here. On DraftKings, you get him a nine point four, which I think is a fair price. And uh, FanDuel 8.8, get him under 9K. I, th- I think that Tanaka's worth a look here on the slate. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, um, you know, I haven't gotten Tanaka that right this year, and you've been pretty good with him, so I'll just leave you for the Tanaka. Your your take is what we'll go with, and I'll just – I'll probably get a little bit of exposure now that you said that. I will just I mean, I'm not going to go crazy, <laughs> but I'll probably get a little bit now. Depends how many tournaments I play, but I, I think if I was playing 10, I'd maybe get one or two uh, – at this point, maybe even three if I if it was throughout the day getting more and more on him. But yeah, I, uh, I know I, you've been pretty good at pinpointing him. So yeah, I think we'll see some line movement too. I think we'll see the Mariners run total. Right now, it's an implied run total of four runs. I think throughout the day we might see that drop a little bit. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, is is uh, the line movement over there in that Yankees and Seattle game? But yeah, I do like Tanaka. Uh, after that, it gets a little uh, you know we start getting a little uh, more dicey here, more more risky um, with the plays. Uh, there's not a lot of value guys that I'm really in love with here when it comes to pitching on this slate. Um, you know, which is going to make it tough on sites where you have to roster two pitchers. We got Sean Manaya going against the Mets in City Field, so he gets a little bit of an upgrade throwing in a, in a you know kind of a neutral park here. Uh, so I, I think that uh, that'll help a little bit, but you know this Mets team, we know that they hit, we know that they hit uh, righties really well, but um, their their skills against left-handed pitching have not been anything to be too worried about. Um, you know their strikeout rate actually jumps up with this current lineup up to like thirty percent against lefties. Now uh, I think that's due to some sample size issues, uh, you know, but. Some of these guys, they do legitimately strike out to lefties a good amount. I'm talking about Conforto, who actually got sent down last season to the minors because he couldn't hit left-handed pitching. Like, that's how bad it was. So you take Conforto out of the mix, who's been one of their top bats. You know, you got Jay Bruce, who strikes out 26% to lefties. That's a real number, you know. Uh, TJ Rivera, 25%. That's a decently uh, decent good sample size there. So, you know, they do strike out a good amount to, to lefties, and Sean Manaya's strikeout rate against righties this season is 26.7%. Walk rate's a bit high, pushing 10%, so, uh, you know, that's a little tough there. But, uh, I mean, I don't hate Manaya here. I usually, I mean, earlier in the season, I would target lefties against the Mets. My only issue here with Manaya is uh, on FanDuel is that pricing. That pricing is super high at, uh, you know, 8.6K. And for me, I don't know if I want to pay that from Manaya on the slate, but on DraftKings at 6.3K, uh, I think he oh, 6.6k. I'm sorry. I think it's 6.6. He comes into the conversation as an SP2 on DraftKings. That's where I'm at. I'm Anaya. How about you, Travis? Yep, uh, agree 100%. You said it like exactly how I would say it, probably. Uh, again, Manaya could be an interesting tournament option on FanDuel if you got like the stacks that you like and Manaya fits the last spot. Wouldn't hate it because people don't really want to pay that price tag on FanDuel, and he could easily have a really big game here. Uh, but for me, I, I likely want to get my exposure on fi- on uh, DraftKings to Manaya. Like him and Wheeler, I think are in the conversation for like the SP two tomorrow to pair with Archer. I really think that's gonna what w- be what it is because like if you're looking at DraftKings specifically, there's just not a lot of good pitching like below here. Like if you look below Tanaka, like I'll just run through some of these guys, Josh. And if you have any comments after you can give them to me, but just to run through it real quick, like Stroman, I'm staying away from just against Cleveland. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, it's going to be probably hot. Is it hot again in Kansas city? Let me look. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be hot as anything in Kansas city. That Midwest is just so hot. Jason Vargas against, you know, the, the lefties have been, you know, the white Sox. <laughs> it's supposed to be a hundred, 101 yeah, degrees. Yeah, 101 <laughs> again. Like, yeah, just like stay away from that. Like that's a terrible idea. Um, like just do not touch that. It's be- like Vargas. No, um, Colin McHugh off the DL against Baltimore in that small ballpark, and it'll be hot. No thanks. Like, Julio Tejeron, he's strolled against lefties, and what do the Dodgers have? A ton of lefties that can smash him, and Justin Turner will smash him too. Like, that's a terrible idea. Danny Salazar right off the DL. I'm a little worried about that. I get he gets the righties. Like, he gets a ton of righties in that Toronto lineup, but 
off the DL, I'm always concerned about that. Maybe you sprinkle him in in tournaments if you think that he can, uh, you know, get by. Uh, he's got a 20, 20% K percentage against righties. Oh, sorry, wrong guy. Uh, yeah, so Salazar has a 36.6 K percentage against righties. So that's like the thing, and a 24.3 against lefties. So I could see maybe sprinkling him in tournaments, but, you know, check to see if there's a pitch count or whatnot. Uh, that's something that we normally don't have right away. So I could see maybe sprinkling him in tournaments, and I wouldn't hate that, but man, like when we talked about all the other guys that we crossed off the list, there's not a lot to like. So I really think like Manaya and Wheeler are like the SP2 chalk conversation that we're going to have, correct? Yeah, well, here, my, here's my concern about Wheeler. And by the way, I agree with uh, mostly everything you just said, uh, which guys you crossed out and all that. Um, but my concern here with Wheeler is that, you know, his walk rate is very high, you know, at, at, uh, at you know, 10% here. And his strikeout rates, you know, it's, it's kind of lousy at 18% against righties. And this, you know, and this Oakland team does strike out a ton against Rays at twenty nine percent, so that gives him a little bit of a boost. But, um, but yeah, like he could get himself into trouble, man. Like you know, he could, he could give a guy guys a bunch of free passes. This is a, a pretty uh, patient uh, Oakland team. They, as a team, they have eleven point three percent walk rate, you know, nine point six percent to righties and twelve point four percent to lefties. Like they walk, you know, like they they definitely are patient guys. And, and Wheeler, you know, his biggest issue is getting himself into jams by giving free passes. So he could go out there and start walking guys, and he could hurt himself by doing that. And um, as you know, if a guy gets on base and scores on uh, DFS, it really hurts. You know, if his strikeouts aren't there, it's really going to hurt his production. So that's my, my concern with um, with Wheeler. Now, you know, his price tag on uh, on DraftKings, I guess you could, like, justify it because he's uh, – He's super cheap. How cheap is he over here? I'm trying to find six him. 6'3", man. He's right next to Manaya. Oh, That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'd rather go Manaya for 6'6 six, six on DraftKings. Uh, on FanDuel, I don't think that Wheeler's in the conversation. But. Yeah, I think I'd rather go Manaya, but I think Wheeler's in the conversation, too, just because said that strikeout ring against the A's is so immense. Uh, so it's something I'm going to watch and probably look at line movement throughout the day. And um, I think they're both good options. And I... Uh, you know, I'll likely look to see what Vegas is saying. That also helped me make my decision on it. But... Um, if you told me I had to pick a tournament option, like one guy I would pick, it'd be Manaya. Like if I, had, if you told me I'm making one lineup only, you have to pick one. It's probably gonna be Manaya for me. Uh, that's who I would end up siding with if I could only make one or pick one. Uh, the thing is that like I, I'm probably gonna play Archer and then say I play Manaya, right? Because like I said, these are probably my two favorite pitchers when I'm thinking from a point per dollar perspective. Like that's my SP one, that's my SP two. Then I'm left with like four thousand and thirty-seven dollars uh, for average remaining pitcher on DraftKings. So the question is. Can I actually fit the stacks that I like with doing that? Uh, don't know yet. That's like the problem, right? Like if I stack up Astros, I don't think I'll be able to make that work for sure. Maybe I will be able to. I haven't played around with a ton of building. But uh, it's kind of a conversation we're going to have to have like uh, because if you don't play Archer and then you go like a Manaya, who's the other got cheap guy you're going to pay down for? Is it going to be a Salazar for 7-1? Um, I don't know. I'm just like kind of like throwing out ideas, Josh. What do you think uh, about what I'm saying? I think it makes sense. Uh, for me, I'm, I'll just like summarize where I'm at. It's pretty simple on the slate with pitching. Just there's a lot of guys to eliminate from the list. So uh, I think that for pitching, for me, uh, Archer is my clear top option, uh, especially in the top tier if we're going to do it by that. Uh, I think that Tanaka makes a very solid uh, tier two pitcher. Uh, I think that if you want in cash, if you want to go like, Archer and Tanaka, and you can find cheap bats to complete your cash game lineup. I think that makes sense. And I think that Tanaka and tournaments on FanDuel makes sense, too. Um, on FanDuel, I'm just going to stick with – I would just stick with Archer and Tanaka and not try to get too cute. Maybe Manaya in tournaments as well. But uh, it's probably just going to be mostly Archer and Tanaka. On DraftKings, it's going to be uh, Archer, Tanaka, and then I, I, I really do like uh, Manaya as an SP2 the more that I'm looking at it right now. So I'll probably stick to those three guys, maybe sprinkling some Wheeler throughout the day. It depends on um, – where my research goes, but yeah, so so my you know if I'm going to rank my top three on DraftKings, it's going to be Archer, Tanaka, and Manaya, and then if I'm going to rank my top three on FanDuel, it's going to be Archer, Tanaka, and Manaya. So it goes all you know on both sides, it goes the same way. So that's you know that's the thing. But on FanDuel, I'd much rather just go Archer or Tanaka and just move on from there, especially with Manaya and Tanaka being so close in price on FanDuel. So I mean, look at that price difference, by the way. Like you know, there are only 200 difference. You know, and in cap here on, on FanDuel, 8.6 for Manaya, 8.8 for Tanaka. On DraftKings, Tanaka is 9.4, Manaya is 6.6. So it says a lot there. So I think you should exploit that price tag. Lots of profit potential as an SB2 on DraftKings here. So that's where I'm at on pitching, Travis. Why don't you give your summary of your top three on both sides? You know, I think what you said is smart. And, uh, 
Yeah, so I think Archer's like my one, you know, Manai is like my second, like for SP2, obviously, like uh, for cash and even for tournaments, like I like him a ton. And then I think I'll be, uh, you know, obviously I'll have some, I might get a little bit of exposure to Hill and Price. Don't know what I'll, like how I'll definitely do it, but those are two guys I might consider getting a little exposure to. I think Tanaka will get some exposure to, and then uh, maybe mix in some Wheeler and Danny Salazar too in tournaments. Uh, you know, this is like if I'm playing like, you know, 50 lines, right? Just kind of giving like an idea of how I would do it. But uh, yeah, I think Archer and I are the two cash game guys on DK I like. On FanDuel would be Archer. So yeah, that's, and I, like I said, I like your idea of like the exploiting the Tanaka price tag on uh, exploiting the Tanaka price tag on uh, FanDuel and then exploiting the Manaya one on DraftKings. Yeah, and I uh, just want to say I have a gut feeling about Salazar that it's not going to go good for him tomorrow. Just I don't know. It, you know. it, it probably could go – it could go bad, right? But there's not a lot of cheap pitching the like. He's 7.1 on DraftKings, and he's got a 36 or 34% K percentage against righties, and Toronto throws out a lot of righties. Like I think he just has to enter the conversation, and you have to understand there's tons of risk that goes with that. And uh, sometimes you need to take that risk to win a tournament. So. It's, it's seven point one on DK. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. I just don't. Who are you going to make your? Okay, like, like, okay, but Josh, if you're going to play like a, a lineup with a ton of top bats and you can't get one of the top pitchers, you have to play two cheaper pitchers. Uh, maybe you can make a Tanaka and a Manaya work, right? I think that could be a way you could probably make it work with big bats. But if you can't make the Tanaka one work, I think going to Salazar is not terrible in tournaments. So. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible either. I, I can see what you're saying. I just, I don't think that I'll get really much exposure to him. But I don't know. We'll see throughout the day. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll change your mind. But I think I'm going to stay pretty solid on where I'm looking at pitchers. Um, I think that Tanaka's price tag is cheap enough to where you could go like Tanaka Manaya on DraftKings and get those bats in if you want to fade the Archer play. But uh, but yeah, so I think that we uh, we covered pitcher pretty well. Is there anything else you want to mention here about the arms? Nah, yeah, that's about it. We can head over to uh, catcher if you want. All right, catcher time. Travis, as, as uh, our listeners know, we like to try to find some cheap power at catcher, not a position that has a lot of... Uh, depth so to speak on like great hitters you know it's more of a defensive position these days in the mlb so uh try to find you know something that correlates to our lines there, there are some decent options here on the slate but go ahead kick us off a catcher and uh, let me know where you're looking here yeah so there's some good ones tomorrow actually like avila against kyle gibson evan gaddis and brian mccann against chris tillman uh i'll definitely have interest in gary sanchez against a lefty um even James McCann, if he's in the lineup, I wouldn't hate him. Uh, but again, I'd probably side with Avila, and he'll probably be in the lineup. Uh, and Salvador Perez, like uh, he's another guy I definitely want to be considering. Uh, you know, Salvador Perez is just such a good option uh, against Mike Pelfrey. So, um, yeah, I, th- there's a lot to like, I think. I think it's a pretty good spot. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I would just want to get exposure to a bunch of these guys and fit them in my stacks and whatnot. I think a lot of these guys, as you said, have a lot of home run potential. So those are the guys I'm interested in tomorrow. How about you, Josh? Uh, yeah, I do I do like uh, the Avila play a lot. Uh, we know that he smashes righties, and Gibson is a righty that gives up a bunch of hard contact. So uh, definitely like Avila a lot here. He's probably going to be one of my top options. And, of course, you know, Sal Perez against Pelfrey. Pelfrey's a guy that, like, you know, it's weird. Like, he could come out and throw, you know, he could, like, not get smashed and still, like, you know, but he could like I don't know he, he's he's just a weird pitcher to stack against I feel like I feel like I just haven't quite got there every time I stacked against him this season so I don't um, think I'm gonna stack against him I think I'll just take a couple one offs like he's a guy that hasn't really been getting blown up blown up so I don't and the Royals don't have a ton of power upside in general so I think it's a spot where I'll just be like hey let me get a Salvador Perez and maybe a Musakis right and then move on. Uh, I won't go crazy with it, so that's kind of how I'll approach the Royals, I think, tomorrow. I also think don't think Grandal is a terrible play here. We know he hits righties well, and um, Tehran has trouble against guys hitting on the left side of the plate, right? So I think that, you know, Grandal might get overlooked here. So after being chalky all season, there might be a good spot to get him in tournaments. And I think one of my uh, other favorite tournament plays at catcher is going to be uh, – um, who am I looking at here? One of my other favorite plays a catcher is probably going to be Brian McCann, too. I think that he's in play here against Tillman. Uh, you know, a guy always has pop in his bat. And uh, I think Ramos, too, is a guy that will get overlooked. And we know that he has a ton of pop in his bat going against Kashner here. Um, you know, the Rays are probably going to score runs. At, you know, even though it's at home, which is a pitcher's park, I think that, that Ramos uh, Ramos is worth a look here. So, uh, 
So I think that I have some tournament interest in him. But yeah, I'll probably just like you know, I'll probably get a lot of Avila and a lot of Sal Perez. I think those are the top two guys. I'll probably be chalky, but you know it's with a good reason on this slate. So those are my top two. It's going to be uh, Sal Perez and Avila. How about you, Travis? Um, yeah, I think it's all the guys I said. I'm just going to like keep it with the guys I said, like Perez, Gary Sanchez, McCann or Gaddis, depends on the lineup, and then Avila. Like I just have interest in all of them, so uh, maybe just mix them in throughout. Yeah, Gary the Goat is definitely in play too. Uh, I forgot to mention him. Gary Sanchez is always in play anytime that the Yankees are on the slate. Yeah, and be on the lookout in cash games. Like if, if there's like a cheap catcher to punt with, you know, obviously that could happen because it's uh, the weekend and that happens sometimes. But yeah, Josh, let's head over to first. I'll kick us off actually. Uh, so Eric Thames against Jeremy Hellickson. I'm definitely a fan of these lefties against Hellickson. I think Thames in a good spot in uh, Philadelphia. Good hitters park like him. Uh, Cody Bellinger, like Chris Davis against uh, you know righties. I, I could see having exposure to them on this slate and definitely having a ton of interest uh, in them. Uh, obviously, like uh, you know some of these cores guys, I would like, but I, don't, I just don't think they're going to make like, the Josh Bell and the Mark Reynolds. I don't think they're going to make the make the cut for me tomorrow. Uh, I just don't 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 think it's going to be a spot where I go crazy with cores. Uh, I think Guriel against Chris Tillman, he could really smash him. He had a good game yesterday. Uh, I could see going back to the well on Guriel, uh, and then even uh, Justin Bohr, man, against Stevenson. I think he's a guy to have interest in too. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty loaded first base position, and just kind of uh, probably going to the way I'm going to play it is uh, whichever guys fit in my stack, right? Because there's just so many first basemen I like. But uh, oh man, it's going to be tough to pick my just uh, you know top two. But what do you think of first base, Josh? You know, once again, it's a stack position, and there's a lot of ways you can go. So I think it's going to come down to me to like lineup correlation, and uh, where I want to play. The thing I like about uh, Bellinger here on DraftKings is that you know he's multi-position eligible. So um, you know I could try to get him into the outfield if I want to double down at first base. That's always that's been like a very good edge to have uh, this season. Uh, is is on DraftKings with Bellinger is the fact that you know you could use a first baseman with him and such a, since it's such a loaded position you're not really limited there but I definitely think Bellinger is a great play we know it's a hero and gets smashed by lefties and Bellinger is a guy that just crushes the ball man he hits righties so well so much power in that bat so uh, definitely going to have a lot of interest in Bellinger um, I I don't know what I'm going to do with these cores bats man you know that's that's my issue is like am I going to play uh, Josh Bell, am I going to play Mark Reynolds? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go on the slate, but um, I feel like there's so many other good hitting environments on the slate that it's going to be hard to limit myself there. I don't think Hosmer is a bad play. You know, I think Hosmer is a guy that could get overlooked tomorrow, and he's in a good spot as long as he's healthy. It looks like there's a little tag on him. Um, he was attending a family matter uh, last night, so um, but he's supposed to be back uh, tomorrow. So yeah, so. Uh, so as long as Hosmer's in the lineup, I think that he's certainly in play. He's not hurt, so that's good. Um, yeah, uh, so I, there, like, like I said, there's a lot of good options, and I think it just comes down to correlation and where you want to go. Uh, I'll probably have a ton of Bellinger on the slate, and uh, I don't think Goriel is a bad play, as you mentioned, too. Uh, but I think, I think I'm going to probably just have a ton of, um, of – uh, uh, Bellinger and I. Oh, by the way, also I think Jose Abreu was a good play here too against the lefty. I don't know if you mentioned him. I didn't hear you mention him, but uh, Jose Abreu against a lefty in this humid environment, this hot environment, is definitely someone that I, I want to have some tournament exposure to. But uh, Bellinger is my top play. Uh, who's your top play at first, Travis? Yeah, uh, I mean probably Bellinger, right? But man, there's just so many good spots. Uh, Gosh, it's really tough to it's pick tough, guys here. Yeah. Oh, Tommy Joseph against yeah, the lefty, Bell- too. That's another guy that's a tournament player. Yeah, I mean, Bellinger's probably my one. Um, and then, I mean, there's just a lot of guys I like in this mid-tier right here. Uh, I'm fanned. I'm going to look at DraftKings, see if there's any separation I can find to help with that. Um, Tommy Joseph is free on DraftKings. He's 3.1K. You know, going against the yeah, lefty. Um, there's just a lot of spots I like, like all, like even like they're the same price there, like a Guriel, the uh, you know the Thames, the Chris Davis. I think I'm just gonna kind of fit whatever fits in my last. Like there's a lot to like at first, whatever fits in my last spot. But if I if you told me like uh, you know I have to pick two first basemen that I think are gonna hit a home run tomorrow, um, I'll go with Bellinger as my my one, and then you know what I'll go with Guriel as. Grill, he hit one. He hit one uh, yesterday, but I'll, I'll chase him again. I mean, I just think it's a good spot for him, and he'll probably be batting like fifth again. And he's a guy that's just been—he's been smashing righties all year long. Chris Tillman gets smashed by righties, so I'll go with him uh, as well. But there, there's a lot to like at first for sure. 
Yeah, definitely a lot to like. All right, so we covered up first, so uh, let's move on to second base. Uh, I'll go ahead and kick us off here at second. Now, um, second base has some good options here on the slate. Uh, obviously, Altuve is going to be in play as always. Just you know, He's expensive, so you're going to have to find the cap to get him in. Um, I, th- I don't think uh, Scope is a bad play either on the other side of that. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of runs to be scored in this game, so it wouldn't be bad to get some stock here. And if you want to pay up, uh, you have two good options in that game to pay up for at second base, especially if you want to correlate some mini stacks or full stacks from that. Um, uh, other than that, uh, we have uh, Dozier. we got Brian Dozier here against Zimmerman. Uh, twins implied run total of 5.35. Uh, expected to put up some runs here, so... I think Dozier will definitely be a part of that, hitting in that leadoff spot. So uh, definitely someone to look at there would be Dozier. Um, we got Merrifield against Pelfrey. Again, the kid's just been hitting the ball well. Uh, you know, Now might be the time to keep pouncing on him and another good spot for him here with the, the, you know, the hot weather in Kansas City and that implied run total of 5.75 for the Royals. Uh, so I think that he, uh, Merrifield's certainly in play as well. And... Uh, you know, I, I want to like uh, Danny Murphy here, but this lefty-lefty matchup for me is enough to stay away. Um, you know, we have second base options again in this Coors game. Uh, you got, you know, Harrison and we got uh, DJ LeMahieu, the human sneeze. I don't, you know, this this Coors, it's, like I said, it's going to be tough to figure out these Coors bats, but uh, I would lean towards Josh Harrison. I'd lean to that side if I'm picking a second baseman from that Coors game. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at at second base. Um you know, no interest in Cano against Tanaka because I do. I really like Tanaka here on the slate. Uh, and maybe Utley if he's leading off for the Dodgers, but he hasn't uh, been lately. So I don't. I don't think that um, I'd go there if he's obviously if he's not leading off. So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at at second base. How about you, Travis? Yeah, I think if Utley leads off, I'll definitely have a ton of interest in him uh, just because. He's a guy that's like cheap and like getting good exposure to that offense and will help you all to fit in your picture that you like. So if Utley is first, like I'll definitely love him in cash games. We'll probably have uh, some good exposure to him. But um, other than that, like second base is, is pretty loaded. There's a lot of guys that like, like if I have the money for Altuve and if I have the money for Dozier, yeah, I want them. Uh, Dozier against a righty, like a righty like Jordan Zimmer was doing a, a ton of hard contact this year to righties. I mean, Dozier is a guy I'm going to like, and, uh, you know, even Sano at third, I'll like too. Like, I'll probably do that pairing combo like I always do in tournaments. I think it's a good route to go. Uh, Whit Merrifield just getting good exposure to against Mike Pelfrey and that, uh, in that Kansas City offense, I wouldn't mind that. And I actually like the idea of going to D Gordon against, uh, you know, uh, uh, against a righty in that uh, Cincinnati ballpark. I know D Gordon doesn't have a ton of power, right? But like, if he was going to hit one out, it'd be in maybe Cincinnati where it's hot, right? So there's some upside with that and just being in like a good offense, right? I'm not saying D Gordon's hitting a homer tomorrow or anything, but uh, the price tag is just a good price tag. And uh, he's just a good cash game guy, I think, uh, that has stolen base upside and can. Uh, is in a good spot against Stevenson. So, yeah, those are kind of the guys I like. You know, if you have the money for us, you know, the mouthwash, Jonathan Scope, I mean, that guy's just been crushing the ball. So you can keep keep firing him if you've been uh, riding him out really well. Uh, I didn't have him yesterday, but, man, he had another home run. He's just been on a tear this week. But, yeah, there's a, I think there's a lot to like on this uh, at the second base spot. And uh, I think there's, a, you know, there's, there's guys at all different tiers. So I kind of mentioned them, uh, you know, Utley, Altuve, Dozier, Merrifield, and uh, D. Gordon. Those are kind of the guys I'm looking at in second. How about you, Josh? Yeah, we're on the same page. I think we agree. I think all those guys are certainly in play. And I don't mind Ian Kinsler if you're going to make a Detroit stack either. I think he makes a fine correlation play too. So, uh, so yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Dozier and Altuve, if you have the money, and Merrifield's good Kansas City exposure. Those are probably my top three. Uh, you want to go ahead and kick us off at the hot corner at third base, Travis? Yeah, sure. But just to like talk about second one more time, like it's probably a spot where I'm not like picking that first in cash games, right? I'm going to like pick, I'm going to prioritize other spots in my cash games and then like whichever fits, right? If the Altuve fits, sure. If the Dozier fits, like, you know, kind of like that. They're all at different tiers. That's kind of how I'll approach it. So I just want to mention that. Um, but anyways, yeah, let's head over to third. I mean, we got some good bats here. We got Manny Machado against Colin McHugh. Like, I think that's a great spot for him. Eugenio Suarez against a lefty. I think he's in a great spot tomorrow. You got the Travis Shaw against Hellickson. Uh, the lefty against uh, righty, you know, Hellickson just struggles to get lefties out. So that's good. 
uh, you know, you can go to Justin Turner uh, against uh, Teheran, right? If I'm doing Dodger stacks, if I have the money, I would love to get him in. And then, uh, man, we have any, like, there's so many third basemen. Sano against Jordan Zimmerman, who gives up tons of hard contact to righties. Then we have Jake Lamb against Tanner Rorick, who, you know, he struggles against lefties. Uh, there's just a lot of third basemen alike. I think all those guys are mentioned are going to be on my radar and the rest of them, I think I'm just going to kind of, uh, kind of walk away from, unless you can talk me into one. I think the one other guy you can maybe talk me into is Colin Moran. Uh, the guy got a triple and a home run yesterday and he gets Chris Tillman and he's only, he's really cheap. Good way to just kind of maybe do a wraparound stack in your Astro stack. If you want to go cheap, he's the guy you go to. I also didn't mention Mike Moustakas against Palfrey. The third base is just absolutely loaded, but Josh, what do you think? I mean, I hope I didn't name them all for you, but it's loaded and it's really tough to pick. Uh, I like Mikel Franco here too. He guys been waking up with that bat, man. He's so much pop in his bat. It's such a hard swing. Like, Ugh. I don't want to get like fall into this Phillies trap on the slate, but I feel like the more I'm looking at it, man, these Phillies bats are looking nice to me. Um, I think he makes a great tournament play, Mikel Franco, and I think him and Tommy Joseph make great correlation plays. Uh, if you're gonna pick, if you're gonna pick guys, and also Cameron Rupp, by the way, a catcher. I forgot to mention him. Hits lefties really well in that Phillies lineup, but um, but yeah, it's tough, man. Third base is a tough position. I don't hate the Moran wraparound, like you said. I think that he's certainly. A decent play. I don't hate the uh, Manny Machado play. Um, it's just a lot of places to go. Sano, too, against Zimmerman, as you mentioned. Lots of hard contact there. Uh, Jake Lamb against Tanner Rourke. Uh, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough spot. But I think that uh, I think I might go back to the Moose to to um, to Mr. Mike Mustakis. I think I might go back to that route. I think that uh, getting some exposure to these Royals bats is a good idea against Pelfrey. So I think I'm gonna go back to Mustakis here on the slate. And uh, have a ton of exposure to him. And Justin Turner, as you mentioned, obviously has good reverse splits against righties. So certainly someone. I, I just would uh, remain a little cautious there because the Heron, as bad as he is against lefties, is actually pretty decent against uh, righties. So um, that might neutralize that matchup a little bit. But, um, but yeah, definitely going to have a ton of interest um, in, in, like I said, the main guys you mentioned, like, uh, like Jake Lamb is certainly in play. Um, and uh, I think you said Suarez as well. He's also in play. Uh, I'll, I'll end up going with Moustakis, though. I think Moustakis is going to be my top play here uh, at third base on the slate. Mikel Franco is my tournament special, and uh, Travis Shaw would be my second favorite overall. So I'll go with, um, for my top two plays here, I'll go with uh, Travis Shaw and, uh, and Moustakis. And uh, I think Mikel Franco will be my tournament special at third base. Who's your top two, Travis? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with. I'll give you my three. I was the way I was gonna phrase the. I was actually gonna phrase the question to you. Someone's playing a three entry max and they uh, can only take three third basemen. Uh, which three? Like, how would you split them up? Like, you put one on each team. But you kind of already gave your answer, so you gave three. Uh, I'll give you mine. Mine are gonna be. And this is like not like putting stacks in mind. Like, obviously, if I'm stacking, right, I want to try and get the third baseman in there. Um, cause I want that power third baseman in the offense. If I'm going to stack up the diamond backs, I would like to get Jake lamb in there, but I don't think I'm going to end up going that route. Like if I said, if you're playing the three entry max, I had to give you three third baseman. that I think I have a really good shot at hanging a home run. And I'm a big fan of tomorrow. I'll give you Manny Machado, uh, against, uh, Colin McHugh, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, and then, um, last one I'll go with is Travis Shaw as well. I think, uh, I think Travis Shaw is a really good option tomorrow. Yeah. Travis Shaw is a great spot. Always in a great spot against a righty. Uh, in a good ballpark too. So, uh, Helixson just gives up a ton of hard contact, man. So, definitely a good route to go. All right, let's head over to shortstop now. Uh, thin yeah, position. again, again, I think I think third base is a spot where don't obviously go all in uh, on one guy. Just uh, try and get overweight on as many as you can. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, let's head over to short, Josh. You're you were saying I'm gonna find money for Corey Seager. I think it's pretty plain and simple for me on the slate. I just I want to have stock in these lefties against Tehran, and um, I think that. Corey Seager is the route to go. So uh, I'm just going to try to find, just try to find stock in him, you know, just try to get some stock in him and um, maybe work around it a little bit. Maybe there's some other places I could look, um, you know, like uh, I know he's expensive, so you're going to have to find the cap for him. But after that, it just gets, it gets pretty ugly here um, at shortstop. I don't really, I'm not really um, locking in any of those plays when I look at them. Like, you know, I don't, Segura is a guy I'd look at usually, but I'm not going to look at him against Tanaka, you know, uh, I don't mind Cozart. You're, you're missing one other. Yeah, Cozart's the guy, man. I was saying you're missing one guy, and that's him, man. Like he's yeah. a guy I love tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I think it's for me. If I was playing like, uh, if I was playing 
10 tournament teams, I'd probably go 50% Kozart and 50% Seeger. Maybe I'd go four and four so I could, you know, maybe uh, maybe fit some, some other shortstops in my stacks. But if I'm not worrying about stacks, right, uh, I think Kozart and Seeger, those are like the two guys that are my favorite. Uh, if someone gets a lineup bump, sure, maybe I'll have some interest in them, like a cheap guy that gets like a huge bump in the lineup that helps make my cash games work. But for me, man, I think it's pretty simple and easy. It's Kozart and Seeger. I think they're both going to hit a home run tomorrow. So that, that's who I'll go with. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just both smashing the ball. Like they're both getting great, great platoon matchups. They're both really good hitters and really good spots tomorrow. Like I just think they're both really good plays. Yeah, keep it sweet and simple. Those are the guys. Yeah, I think that's Se- kind of how I'm going to do it. Seager tomorrow. and Kozart. I think we could both agree. Lock those guys in and and don't try to get cute. You know, just find the cap and get them in. You got to pay up at shortstop tomorrow. There's not going to be any options that you're going to feel comfortable paying down for. So, those are the guys. Uh, good. I like that. With that, we can move on to the outfield, Travis. And uh, why don't you kick us off? Because there's, there's a lot of ways to go here on the slate. So I want to hear your take on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, again, I'm probably going to play tournaments more so tomorrow because I'll be out and about doing some things. So, uh, man, uh, I think the way I'm going to go is obviously correlating, right? Like correlating the outfielders. Um, there's guys that, that are great plays, obviously. Like if you could get the cores outfielders and you want to play cores, do that. Um, so I'd obviously, you know, advise to do that, right? If you can get some of these cheaper Royals, like a Brandon Moss or Lorenzo Kane, I like that, right? I think it's a good idea. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think from a cash game perspective, like who would be like available in good spots. Like a Bradley Zimmer could be in a decent spot um, for cheap. Um even like a Jorge Bonifacio, he was questionable. Like those Royals are going to be interesting outfielders to get cheap exposure to try and fit an Archer. I also think against Chris Tillman, like a Beltron and Reddick, those might be guys that you want to, you know, fire at uh, in your cash games to try and make things work. Um, but in tournaments, again, I'm probably going to do a lot of correlation, right? I think one of the correlations I'll be rocking tomorrow, uh, and I do this one a lot, is Billy Hamilton, uh, Adam Duvall, and Scott Shevler. Like, I'm a big fan of that one. You can even go on the reverse side against Stevenson. Ozuna, uh, Yelich, and Stanton. That's another one I think is a good correlation play that you could end up doing. I'll be a fan of that one as well. Um, and, uh, again, like I said, uh, we have a little bit of interest in the White Sox, I think, from a tournament perspective. I think the Melky Avisil Garcia route is an interesting one to go to, too. Um, and obviously, Coors, right, you can get that in. But for me, the t- my two favorite outfield spots I think I'm going to load up on. Um, again, like the Astros and the Baltimore Orioles are a really good one. but And I think they'll be like chalkier options and they'll be good ones to go to. But I think I'll lean in my tournaments to the Reds outfield and the Marlins. How about you, Josh? What are you thinking about the outfield? Oof, there's so many options, Travis. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. There's so many options. And I, like I said, I think, sorry to cut you off, but, uh, Houston and Baltimore are going to be really popular ones in the Royals. I think those are like the, those will be the chalky ones that people look at. And then obviously course, I think that's why I'm going to maybe try and gravitate to the reds in Miami and hopefully maybe they're not as high owned, but what are you thinking about outfield? I mean, Jock Peterson is going to be a guy I'm probably going to have a lot of exposure to. Yeah, he's um, a good one, right. too. He's going to get a nice lineup bump against Tehran here. Uh, and Bellinger and Thames are both first base and outfield eligible on DraftKings. So, like, I can move th- – I could just play both of them, Thames and Bellinger, which I think is a pretty pretty solid uh, way to go on DraftKings on this slate. Um, so I think that you should definitely take advantage of the multi-eligible position uh, situation over there. Uh, it, it's just so – there's so many options, Travis, you know. Um, and that's, I think, oh, by the way, I didn't mention Mitch Moreland earlier when we mentioned first base. I just want to throw that out there. I think Mitch Moreland against JC Ramirez is a pretty solid play too. I think he's a nice tournament play, but just want to get out there. Uh, yeah, I, I like cargo. Um, I think cargo is a guy that is, uh, going to find his form soon. We're going to see some, uh, you know, some positive regression here. And, uh, I think we could take advantage of him. He's 3.6 at cores on DraftKings. Like if you need a cores bat, the exposure to the cores bat, He's a nice cheap uh, exposure on DraftKings at 3.6. And on FanDuel at 3.5, still pretty cheap over there trying to get some Coors exposure. So certainly a guy I'll be interested in. Uh, Also be interested in some Para, too. He's been hitting the ball well. As long as he's in the lineup, I think that he's certainly in play. I think you could play both of them. And obviously Blackman, too, uh, if you want to get some Coors bats. I'd focus strictly on the lefties in this game on the Colorado side. Uh, I think that's the way to go. And on the other side, I think you go Polanco, too, if you want to get some, uh, you know, some extra uh, bats from this Coors game. 
Uh, Peralta is in play, too, against Tanner Rourke. I think that he's a guy we could look at. I do like your, your little Reds outfield stack that you mentioned. I think that's a, a good route to go to. Um, not too interested in these Kansas City outfielders. Um, you know, I, I think that if we're going to play him in Kansas City, it's going to be like Sal Perez and Hosmer and uh, Merrifield. I think those are the guys we'll focus on. And, and if Brandon Moss gets another lineup bump, I think that he's certainly in play at his current price tag. Lots of pop in his bat, too. Good hitting environment. So like that, too, a good amount. Um, I think that if you're going to go Dozier and Sano, you could uh, complete that with some Max Kepler. I think Kepler is in a good spot here. Uh, you could you could get him in there um, into your lineups if you're going to do a little uh, Minnesota stack. And, uh, yeah, Baltimore, too. You know, the Baltimore bats and, and the Houston bats in this game. You want to get stock in there. Springer's a good you know a good play. Reddick's a good play. Beltron's a good play. Marwin Gonzalez, who's outfield eligible on DraftKings, is a good play. Um, Adam Jones. And, uh, you know, uh, I believe Trumbo is also outfield eligible, if I'm not mistaken, on DraftKings. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. he's outfield outfield. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking um, old school, like when he wasn't playing outfield. Was he playing like first, first base, back in the day or first something? First base, yeah. yeah. You're thinking way back. Yeah, back when him and Chris Davis were both first basemen and you were like had the pick between the two of them. Uh, man, uh, DFS dinosaur, you caught me. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that uh, these guys are all in play here. So um, I think, and if you're going to go uh, to the Brewer side, I think that Brian Braun is a guy that's in the conversation. Lots of upside in his bet, too. Um, Man, this Nick Williams kid on Phil on the Phillies, you know, it's a, he's got a lefty lefty matchup, so that neutralizes it a little bit here. But uh, you know, so I I, I think that uh, that kid's gonna have a nice. We're gonna be playing him a lot, I think, in DFS in the future. But but yeah, so it, for me, I think uh, I'll stay away from the Kansas City outfielders. I do like the Reds outfielders, as you mentioned. Do like the Coors outfielders, the Coors lefties on the Colorado side, and I do like Polanco on the other side of that. And um, oh, and Aaron Judge, man, Aaron Judge against a lefty here, um, certainly in play. Uh, you know, a guy could just absolutely smash, and I think that he's gonna he's gonna do some damage tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at in the outfield. Uh, so just to reiterate where I'm looking, because um, I know that I was kind of all over the place there. Really like Jock Peterson a lot. Really like Bellinger. He's outfield eligible in DraftKings. Like him as an outfielder there too. Um, I think that Judge is a, p- a good play as a one-off in tournaments. Uh, all the Colorado lefties are in play in the outfield. Stay away from the Kansas City outfield. Cincinnati Reds outfield is in play. Uh, Kepler, if you're going to complete a Sano Dozier stack in the Minnesota side. And if you're going to play outfielders in this Orioles and Astros game, not a bad idea either. So that's where I'm at in the outfield. Did that make yeah, it more so, clear? Or? Not as, but uh, so I found a way to make it clearer for us, right? Because uh, I was thinking about it. We've talked about a bunch of them. There are a lot to like. Obviously, in tournaments, I think the best way to do it is to correlate with what you're playing. But I'm going to make it hard on you, Josh. Um, so head over to FanDuel right now, and uh, you need to pick a home run in the outfield. I'm giving you three different price tiers. Uh, you got the price tier is 3.7K and above is the first price tier. The next price tier is 3.6K to um, 3.6K to we'll do to 3K and then uh, then below 3K. So those are your price tiers. Uh, I can start it off if you want. Um, yeah, you yeah, because yeah, you, you created the game. Yeah, you, you can it off. Yeah, I'll, so I'll, uh, I get first dibs at all the picks too, so that's nice uh, as well. But So if I had to pick one one outfielder, you know, for – and obviously you can just plug these in and make it one of your outfields, right, very easily because I'm giving you three. Um, if I had to pick one outfielder, uh, give me Giancarlo Stanton between 5-1 and 3-7. I think he's the guy that I'm going to go to. I mean, he's just been smashing the ball lately. Um, exit velocity has been up, batted ball has been up. Uh, and I, I get it, right? People think he's just like a lefty masher. Like, he's not just lefty masher, he's a very talented hitter in that small ballpark. I love Giancarlo Stanton tomorrow, so he's one of the outfielders I'll have interest in. Then we got the price tier 3.6k and below. Uh, obviously, tons of guys to like, but I think I'm gonna head over and uh snag me some Adam Duvall against the lefty. Uh, again, in that small ballpark, right? Uh, big fan of him. I think it's a really good spot on FanDuel. 3.3K seems pretty cheap for Adam Duvall. So uh, I'm a big fan of him tomorrow, and I think I'll load up on him. Uh, seems like a good spot to go to him. And then, uh, I, sorry to do this, I'm going back to the same exact game. All my outfielders are from this game. But Scott Shevler for 2.7K, if he's in the lineup, uh, you know, actually, oh, he's against a lefty. So I won't give you Scott Shevler. He's against a lefty. Never mind. 
I, I always like him. Uh, if he's in the lineup, I might throw him in just to be different in my stacks. But against a lefty, I'm not going to give you that. That's kind of difficult to give you. Um, so I'll pass on giving you that. I'll give you Josh Reddick. Kind of a chalky option. Uh, but he's a guy I would probably be mashing in my cash games for 2.9K. I'll probably be batting in, like, in the one through four spot. Uh, so Josh Reddick is a guy against Chris Tillman. I'll, I'll throw in as my guy uh, in that price tier that I would go to. So for just to say it again, it's uh, Stanton, Duvall, and Reddick are my three home runs I'm thinking on this slate for uh, uh, for the outfield in these different price tiers. What about you, Josh? Uh, have you thought it over and found some guys? I have. Um, so, you know, I really want to go Blackman, but looking at the price difference on FanDuel between Blackman and Springer, I think I'll just go with Springer there. Um, as my top tier guy, just because you get a, you get a nine hundred in savings, which is significant on this slate. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so I'll go I'll go with Springer as my top tier um, in Fanduel outfield. Um, my mid tier guy, I think I got to go with Cargo at three point five. I think he's going to get overlooked, and I think you know he's he's going to come back to form. And I think I want to have him when he starts to get hot. And this is a spot where he can start to get hot again. So uh, Cargo will be my mid tier guy. At three point five, which I think he said below three point six, right? So he just he just made it into the mid tier there. Um, and uh, for my low tier guy, I think you mentioned Reddick. I think Reddick is a fantastic play. It makes good correlation to Springer too. Uh, but since you took him, I'll go with uh, Brandon Moss on Fanduel for two point five. Uh, I know I said I'm not in love with the Kansas City outfield, but uh, you know Moss had a nice lineup bump today. You know he hit he hit in the cleanup spot, and he's two point five K in a hot, humid hitting environment against Pelfrey. Uh, give me some Brandon Moss at 2.5K at value for a value home run tomorrow. I think that he's he's the guy to go to at that tier. Yeah, no, I think that that's good. But yeah, I just I thought it was a good idea just because uh, sometimes I feel like I don't want to obviously give everything, uh, you know, so I'll talk about every play. But I think it was a good way to just kind of make us get a little more narrow on some of our plays for the people. So Yeah, we'll do that more often. I like that. I think that was, yeah, that was a, yeah. a good way to go because it definitely uh, it forces you to think and make decisions, which is uh, – well, DFS is all about, right? Making decisions. So, um, yep, exactly. you know, those are the decisions I'd make right now at this point in my research. And I, I, th- I think they all make fine plays. I think we both mentioned some good plays in each tier. So it gives you something to work with. Um, but yeah, I, that's it. We covered the slate. Um, we're ready to move on to the stack of the, the stack of the day, Travis. Yeah. Um, you kick us off. How about, can you ready to do that? You kick us off. Cause I'm deciding between two and I want to make sure I'm picking the right one. And now are we excluding the cores game? Yeah, let's exclude cores. It's never fun to include cores. Okay, cores is always, always in play to stack, so uh, that's why we exclude. It's best, best hitting environment in baseball, but there's a lot of a lot of other good spots to the stack on the slate, man. A lot of huge run totals here. Um, I'm kind of torn here, Travis. There's a few places that I would like to go uh, on the slate, and um, man, you I, on a slate like this, you want to just name like our top two stacks or our top three stacks because I feel like there's so many places to go. Uh, no, man, pick one. We got uh, to take a stand, man. Take a stand. Uh, man. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to have to stack up. I'm gonna have to stack up the Reds here, Travis. I know it's probably one of the one of the teams you were thinking about, but uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't mean to take it from you, but the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm liking it. There's lots of righty powers, lots of righty power in this lineup, and they're yeah they're against a guy who has a ton of fly balls in a small ballpark. Yeah, I hate it's you. Right so now. good, I know you do. I know you do. I'm sorry. I was gonna. It was kind of dirty because I, I knew that's where you were gonna go, but I just I love it, man. I'm 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 on I'm on board with you. Like those those you know, I'd say the Cincinnati Reds will have to be the stack of the day for me and it sounds like you uh you agree with that and just to give you a little little extra because um you know feeling generous uh i'd say the reds will be a top but right behind them just so you know i was also considering the royals and i was also considering uh the twins and obviously houston's a stack too but anyway yeah the reds will be the top stack for me travis and you could you could agree you could say that you're stacked too you want to do that yeah, they are my stack. I'm not letting you just take them. They're my stack tomorrow. I'm, I'm going in on the Reds. So, uh, yeah, give me the Reds. And uh, honorable mention, we'll give the Marlins, too, because I don't mind them. But I, I look in uh, – Stevenson, he doesn't have terrible – like uh, he, he could, I could see him getting by on the Marlins a little bit. But, no, I, I, I'm i going to go with the game stack. Give me both sides of the ball. I'm a big fan of that, and that's what I'm going to look for. But, yeah, the Reds are my number one for sure tomorrow. All right. How about this, real quick? If you had to stack, if you had to rank these stacks in tomorrow's slate, on today's slate, people are gonna be listening. It's gonna be the morning. So uh, you have the Reds, the Royals, the Twins, and the Astros. 
how would you rank those stacks? Uh, I would rank them Reds. Astros number two because I'm worried about ownership, um, but I still definitely want to have exposure to them because they were crushing the ball and it's a great spot. But I think that's why I would go Reds over Astros. Um, t- third, I'd go Twins, and then fourth, I'd go Royals just because I just feel like the Royals, like Mike Pelfrey, doesn't really get blown up a ton. He'll give up a home run here or there, and uh, um, maybe a lot of people gravitate back to the Royals. Um, and I just don't think the power is there, uh, to really get there. So yeah, that's kind of how I'd do it. Yeah. I would do the same. I'd go, how about you? Yeah. Reds, Astros, uh, twins, Royals, probably where I go. So, all right. Lots of stacks here on the slate. Lots of fun to have. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Nice 13 game slate. If you have any questions throughout the day, uh, you know, you're kind of stuck somewhere, you need any advice or you just want to give us a shout out, go ahead, do it on Twitter. We love interacting with you guys. Give me a follow on Twitter at, Real Joshua Giant. That's at Real Joshua Giant. And you can follow Travis at Travis Mangone. That's at Travis M-A-N-G-O-N-E. Love interacting with you guys. Shoot us over any questions, any comments, anything you want to talk about. We're there for you guys. So uh, looking forward to talking to you guys tomorrow um, since it's a nice late locking slate. So uh, we'll have, I'm sure we'll get some questions along the way. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, we covered it. Big healthy slate. Hope you guys enjoy your Saturday. And we will be back tomorrow as always, on Sunday for the weekend grind. So we'll see you guys then. Peace out, Grandma. you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this father's day we do it right too with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn now get a charbroil four burner advantage series gas grill for just 169 dollars, and pick up your choice of craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only 99 dollars each make this father's day his best one yet and do it right for less start with lowe's charbroil offer valid through 612 craftsman offer valid through 619 us only Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 US only.